Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Tuesday the 28th of May. Coming up, baby found abandoned outside hospital is a little boy. It was an extremely newborn baby within a few hours of being born. Um, but the, the baby's healthy. The baby's doing absolutely fine. Woman with severe ME celebrates first pregnancy. It was quite a difficult thing to get used to, actually, because I've been quite so unwell for many years. And Baby Loss Charity looks for runners to help mark 10th anniversary. The crowds, the atmosphere, really, really fantastic family day out. Kent Online News. A baby found abandoned outside a Kent hospital is a little boy who was just a few hours old at the time. He was found near the main entrance of Dartford's Darren Valley in the early hours of Friday. Police are now looking for the driver of a dark-coloured saloon car that was spotted in the area at the time and also want to hear from anyone with dash cam footage. Phil has been speaking to Detective Chief Inspector Matt Torboys, who's leading the investigation. We are really desperately trying to find out where the mother of the child the child was um, left unaccompanied down valley hospital about three o'clock on friday morning and we don't know who the mother is and we're really concerned about her make sure she's okay and her welfare's okay i've got a number of inquiries going on at the moment mainly centered around dash cams ampr so if anybody's got a dash cam or ampr or anything like that um, that can tell us around three o'clock around Darren valley hospital in dartford then we'd really appreciate them sending those things in or or getting in contact with us Let's just firstly talk about that dash cam footage. How important is dash cam footage to your investigation and what could that potentially bring up? Uh, the key for us really is the car that um, they were dropped off in. So a, uh, an individual in a car dropped the baby, one person in the car. So the car was in and around the um, Darren Valley Hospital around about 3 o'clock on Friday morning. So if anybody's got a dash cam that picks up anything around that time, if you're in that area at that time, in that time in the morning, then we need to see that because we need to establish the identity, the registration number of that vehicle. We know roughly what kind of vehicle it is. We know it's a dark coloured saloon, but it's about identifying what that specific vehicle is can we then can take those inquiries further forward and of course stories like these are always quite shocking uh, to people who hear them um, how sort of common is are these kind of cases uh, it's very rare this sort of thing happens it's, um, this is um, a unique case for us which is why we're doing our very best to try identify her try identify the mum and make sure she's okay and just tell us as well about the current state of the uh, the infant in question it, uh, very well healthy. Um, it was an extremely newborn baby within a few hours of being born, um, but the, the baby's healthy, the baby's doing absolutely fine. So I want to put that out particularly, that the baby's absolutely fine, the mother is not in trouble in any way, we just need to contact her to make sure she's okay. But anybody's got any information about it, let us know so we can identify who the mum is and make sure she's okay. Of course, it's very unusual that, you know, she straight away disappears as soon as the baby's born there. Are there any potential uh, traces that were left at, at, at the time that could help in the investigation? Or is it just a case of, you know, here's a baby and that's, and that's all we've got? There's a number of investigative inquiries that, we're, we're, that are ongoing at the moment. Uh, not, I won't talk about necessarily now, but there are a number of things that we, we can try, that we are trying. But for me, the key is identifying who she is, making sure she's OK, and, and hopefully picking up the vehicle, establishing the vehicle. What I will say is at the time when she was dropped off, um, there were a couple of people in the car park that may have seen the baby boy being dropped off 
Um, so if they're watching this and they know and they have some more information about it, they need to contact us as well. Kent Online reports. A Margate woman has admitted killing her 23-month-old twins on Boxing Day last year. Jake and Chloe were found in their beds in the early hours of the following day, shortly after Samantha Ford had been involved in a car crash. The 38-year-old from Castle Drive has appeared at the Old Bailey and denied murder but pleaded guilty to manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility. She could go on trial next month. It's emerged an investigation into the murder of a man who helped put M25 road rage killer Kenneth Noy behind bars is still open nearly 20 years later. Alan de Cabral from Pluckley was a key witness during the trial in 2000 but was shot dead just months later. Last week we told you 71-year-old Noy is due to be released from prison where he was sent for murdering 21-year-old Stephen Cameron on a slip road near Swanley. Five people have been taken to hospital following a crash near Mepham. Three of them are said to have potentially serious injuries and are being treated in London after it happened on the A227 Rutan Road just after midnight. The route was closed between Steeles Lane and Chapman's Hill until about nine this morning. A Kent woman who was left mostly bedridden after being diagnosed with ME when she was just 14 is celebrating her first pregnancy. Jessica Taylor-Beerman from Cliff Woods in Medway has to deal with severe exhaustion and pain throughout her body on a daily basis. The 28-year-old has written a book about her condition which she published last year and has told Ish getting ready for a new baby is exciting but challenging. It was quite a difficult thing to get used to actually because I've been quite so unwell for many years and although it's something I really wanted I didn't think it would happen for me because I was just too poorly for that um, so it was it was elating that it happened um, but also nerve-wracking too. When was it that you found out? I found out that I was pregnant in January, but I had to come off a huge amount of medication. Um, that I was I was on a lot of neurological drugs um, for my ME, and so I've had quite a difficult time coming down off of those drugs um, and being able to um, keep going through the immense amount of pain. In your blog, for example, you, you've written how women with ME have either improved since becoming pregnant or have had a setback, and what what's it been like for you so far? Well, I think it's it's a really difficult thing to um, to describe, really, because um, with neuroimmune, autoimmune diseases, um, you can the pregnancy hormone can improve, make you um, sort of your body jump and start working properly, but it doesn't always last after the pregnancy, and some people get a lot worse as well. So it's like in between the two. Um, I started making some progress um i was and that was before i knew i was pregnant um but i just really couldn't understand what was happening really in my body um but but yeah so i've improved a bit um but every day is different still and i'm yeah suffering quite a bit from pain it's quite amazing to see your body improving um without because I've spent years literally trying to get better, you know, and, you know, I've been ill for, since 2005, the end of 2005, um, which is a very long time in, you know, I'm 28 and I've spent half of my life being ill. Um, and with the severity I had as well, it's, um, 
I keep getting reminders of um, something comes up on like Facebook or something, a memory and I think it was um, literally five years ago that I first sat in a chair for the first time so although it's small progress every day it's kind of like it, it feels quite a lot um, when you're reminded of where you've come from. Does it sort of feel, feel like you've had to really fight to get to this stage in your life? I think every day is a fight um, and there have been so many times where I've been told that's that's the end and I don't think that you can necessarily make something happen the way it's going to happen you know because I've had friends who have been as severely unwell as I was and they've not made it you know and so I think it's important to know that just having a positive mental attitude about it isn't going to change the way it rolls out you know. Becoming a mum how what does that mean to you? Becoming a mum means everything to me. I think uh, I still feel a little bit like I'm in the deep end and trying to swim. Um, but but yeah, no, it's something I've always wanted. As I said, I didn't think it was possible just because I was quite so unwell. Um, but now it is, I want to make the most of it. Kent Online reports. It's emerged hundreds of lorry drivers from overseas are refusing to pay fines for parking illegally on an industrial estate in Canterbury. Almost nine in ten of those caught breaking an overnight waiting ban in Winchip ignored the £70 ticket issued by the City Council. Almost 560 fines were handed out to foreign motorists between February last year and this March. It's going to cost an extra £60 to buy a school bus pass for your child in Kent from September. The price is going up to £350 for the year. That's a rise of 21%. The county council say it'll help them save £800,000 a year in subsidy. Travel Lodge has announced it's opening two new hotels in Kent. The one at Rochester Riverside will have 81 rooms and a bar cafe. One another at Spring Square on Station Street in Sittingbourne will have 63 rooms. The company is opening a total of 17 hotels across the UK, creating more than 350 jobs. Now, a charity that supports parents who've suffered the loss of a baby are hoping to recruit runners as part of events to mark their 10th anniversary. Abigail's footsteps will be marking the milestone next year and are trying to get a team together to run the London Landmarks Half Marathon in March. I've been finding out some more from two women who work for the charity. I'm Faye Hill, Head of Operations and Events. Okay, lovely. All right then, Faye. So we're coming up for a, a big year for Abigail's next year. Tell us a bit about the a brief background to the charity and, and the year that you're approaching. Yeah, the charity was founded in 2010 by David and Joe Ward after um, their daughter Abigail was stillborn um, in 2009. The charity was started a year after that and so in 2020 we're reaching our 10th anniversary and we're looking to do some big events to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the charity. Obviously it's a bit of a bittersweet anniversary I should think for for David and Joe because they've done an immense amount of work over the 10 years and supported lots of other families who were in the very sad position that they were in 10 Mm -hmm. years ago. They have, yes. Um, Mainly they supply cold cots to hospitals for bereavement suites. Um, They've opened up Abigail's Place in 2016 at the Medway Maritime. Also, they fund a lot of the training for midwives. I think, was David saying they offer 
or advice as to where for parents to get counselling as well after an event if you know if perhaps I don't know maybe even years later they need to speak to somebody that's right we've just launched a new uh, counselling service where we will fund up to six sessions and then they see a specialist baby loss counsellor um, and we looked to fund those sessions and it's particularly uh, aimed at families and sibling counselling. My name's Becky Hopkins and I am uh, work for Abigail's as their events and fundraising manager. One of the events that you've got going on next year is the London Landmarks Half Marathon. I guess it's pretty self-explanatory but tell us all about it. Yes, uh, we're obviously trying to uh, recruit as many runners as as we can next year. Uh, This year we managed to recruit 10 with uh, Cheryl... Uh, Baker, our vice president of uh, the charity. So that was really great. We managed to raise uh, over £5,000. But again, being our 10th anniversary next year, we want to try and make it even bigger. And you did the run this year. What's it like? It is a really nice run. Um, I've also done the marathon as well. So the half marathon was actually uh, uh, quite quite enjoyable, Mm -hmm. I should uh, say taking in all the sights, the crowds, the atmosphere, really, really fantastic family day out as well. I mean, they call it London Landmarks. I don't know how much when you're running you're able to enjoy the landmarks, but tell us where you actually do run past. Um, Parts of the course, you actually do run round or walk jog however you can get round um, St Paul's Cathedral quite a few times coming in from different directions which is lovely. London Eye, Big Ben, you know the embankment again is a really nice part of the race. All the crowds really sort of spur you on because you're getting towards the end there and then you come down um, towards Downing Street at the end which again is a lovely part of, of London as well so you really do get to see some wonderful places lots of spectators dressing up in sort of Roman costumes, bowler hats, uh, Harry Potters, you know, all all really coming together to just try and make the runners run as enjoyable as possible. And finally today, a number of babies have been born at a Kent Wild Animal Park just in time for the school holidays. You'll be able to see the new arrivals at Howlett's near Canterbury this week, including baby baboons, a lemur and a gibbon. We've got pictures of them in the story at Kent Online. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the the day you can head to kentonline.co.uk news you can trust this is the kent online podcast